Hey there, history fans! Welcome back to the History Explains It All podcast, where we cover a variety of historical topics from the Stone Age to the Modern Age. I'm Lauren. I'm Alyssa. And on today's episode, we are covering Captain William Kidd. Our oh, yeah. pirate time. <laughs> That sounded horrible. <laughs> Wasn't supposed to be good. Yeah. <laughs> Have you enjoyed today's content? Apparently we're making jokes, I'm sure. Uh, feel free to leave us a rate and review wherever you get your podcast. That would be fantastic. You can also contact us through our email at historyexplainsall at gmail.com. You can also visit us on our Facebook and Instagram pages at History Explains It All underscore podcast. And visit our Instagram page for our Today in History segment and to vote on upcoming episode topics. One will be, going, one will be up by the time this comes out. So please go vote. We want to hear your opinion. What's the poll on this time? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> Okay, this one's a doozy. I'm rooting for one. She's rooting for another. So we'll have to see how this one goes. It's Diogenes versus Victorian's uses for mummies. Oh, yeah. Mm, Crazy Greek philosopher versus mummy firewood. It's more than just firewood. (laughs) It's plaster. It was way more than firewood. It's so in-depth, and I really want to do it. And I really, really, really want to talk about Diogenes. <laughs> well, well, we'll see what the people vote. We'll see what the people vote on. It's your vote, guys. Your vote. So it'll start, actually, after we finish recording this episode, I'll be posting it. It'll start Monday night, and it'll, it'll go all the way through Friday, uh, April 2nd at 11.59 p.m., there will i'll put a poll up on instagram but the polls again only last so long so i'll also put a posting up on instagram pertaining to the poll and you are welcome to put your vote in the comments in the poll in the posting so we can't wait to hear from you guys we want to know what you want we want to know what you want okay so on to today's episode William Kidd was born in Scotland in the year 1654 to John Kidd and Bessie Butchard. Before he was a pirate, he was actually a seaman like his father, and he was a sea captain. And one of the first ships that he was captain of was the Antigua. And he he went around and he went sailing. Of course he did. And in 1680, he moved to America, and he met Sarah Bradley Cox Orr, whom he married. She became his wife. He kind of won the jackpot there, in a sense, as she was a wealthy widow. And France and England went to war in the 1690s, and Kidd became a privateer at the time and was head of the ship Blessed William. He was basically sent to defend the trade routes between England and the Americas, and he was also charged with getting rid of pirates as they hindered 
trade, but they also attacked ships for the East India Trading Company, which was a big money maker. Money maker. So he he went around doing that. And then in 1695, he was given another job, which was to seize pirates. Of course, again, taking over ships of the East India Trading Company. But this was to be out by the Red Sea and the Indian Ocean. So the Red Sea is that narrow strip of ocean between Egypt and the Arabian Peninsula. That's way the far out there from the Americas, guys. Way far out there. Far. And the Indian Ocean is that big swath of ocean just south of that. So he was sent out to the Indian Ocean and the Red Sea. And that happened. There, There's debatable dates. She has sources from 1695. I have sources from 1696. Some others say 1697. So somewhere between 1695 and 1697, he gathered a crew for a ship called the Adventure Galley. And it carried 32 to 34 guns and 150 men. He was specifically meant to capture the pirate Culliford, who was sailing along with a man or a surgeon also known as John Death. You're a surgeon and you're known as John Death. I have a feeling a lot of your patients died. Just just saying. I don't think he was a very good surgeon. (laughs) Out of that... I that you're just really intimidated by a doctor named Dr. Jeff. Yeah. Unfortunate last name or fortunate your choice. <laughs> I don't know. But he started out basically from New York City where he picked up his crew members and then he set sail. He landed in the Comoro Islands of East Africa. In this entire time period, it set sail around 1697. He didn't, it took him six months to a year to get to the Comoro Islands. Okay. In this entire six months to a year, he did not come across a single pirate, which is the exact opposite of what he was supposed to do. This might be due to the fact that he actually avoided the normal routes that pirates would take. I'm not exactly sure why you would do that when that's your commission. Like, that's your job. Your job is to go on the seas and get them their pirates. Morals? Let's just avoid those routes, though. I, I, I don't know. But he was very, very unsuccessful. And this ended up causing a ton of problems won't go into all those problems melissa oh boy (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot time of the adventure galley kids life was pretty pretty darn good i mean aside from marrying an incredibly wealthy widow i mean sarah ort's previous husband was an incredibly successful businessman they had lands they had money they had it was like an unofficial titling i mean it was just crazy 
before I get into the troubles and struggles of this crew, I just wanna give the distinction. We'll be talking about privateers and we've been talking about pirates. There are definition distinctions between the two, although the line is somewhat blurry. Essentially, a privateer is a hired pirate whose ship is owned by the government and any loot acquired by the privateer gets split up between the crew and the government. So with the adventure galley, when Captain Kidd and uh, his friend Robert Livingston came up with the idea of creating the production of the adventure galley, they, they created the venture in order to get investors in. One of those investors was not only the governor of New York, he was a lord, Lord Bellamont, he'll pop up and a lot of this later. Also as an investor, because Kidd was able to befriend Lord Bellamont, Lord Bellamont obviously had connections to King William of Orange and King William himself invested in the adventure galley who also received 10% of any profits gained by the crew. So now essentially this is a Royal Commission privateering adventure. It didn't go very well. So after they set sail, they were gone for roughly two years before they made it back to the Americas, which is a long time to be out. And they, as we said, they didn't come across a single pirate ship. The privateer, the Royal Commission that Kid got specifically said that you can attack any ship that you come across, specifically pirate ships, but also any other additional country ships that aren't in alliance with England or English specific ships. Attacking those is a big no-no. And William Kidd essentially adhered to that. If he came across anything that he thought would give him loot, but was also in working with the Royal Commission he had, he didn't go after those ships. He did go off after a bit of some of the Indian ships because eventually the crew got pretty darn restless. You go six months to a year and you're not getting any bounty, so you're not essentially making any money. And people are going to get pretty angry. And on more than one occasion, the crew tried to change Kid's mind and said, hey, why don't we just attack any ship that comes along? We've been doing this for a while. We have no money. There's nothing for us to take back. And Kid would still say, no, no, we're not going to do that because this is a royal commission and we can't just do that. At one point, he got into a very violent argument with one of his gunners, and it goes a fact of war between Robert Moore and William Moore, so whichever one you feel like going with. Eventually, the two of them had a very violent argument. That kid at one point grabbed a wooden bucket that was used for cleaning the decks and hit Moore over the head with it, killing Moore. So now you've got a discontented crew and a dead body not very good for the captain. So it was at this point that Kid actually said, okay, my crew is very pissed at me now, very angry, so okay, just so I don't get marooned or, or killed by my crew, fine, I'll change my mind. Just to, to make everything better, fine. Well, the next ship we see, we'll attack it, we'll loot it, we'll take whatever they got. And at this point, he distinctly turns pirate. In addition to that, by the time January of 1698 happened, 
the English government had changed their stance on privateering and piracy so that we did say that they were stamping out piracy and you hire privateers to go after the pirates. But now anything that is deemed an act of piracy, including privateering, is now a, a, a death sentence. It's punishable by death. If they find you guilty, you hang. You mean it turned very, very illegal? But keep in mind, Kid and crew did not know this at this point. They'd been gone about a year and a half or so. So January 1698, the next ship that they see is called the Cuda Merchant. But she was also no ordinary ship either. She was a massively expensive ship. So the Cuda Merchant actually was an Armenian ship that was owned by a minister at the court of the Indian Grand Mogul. And when they boarded and looted and took over the Cuda Merchant, she had rumored to have up to uh, 70,000 pounds worth of merchandise on her. Essentially, you're stealing government property from another government at this point. But because of the East India Trading Company over in the Indian Ocean, the mogul complained to the East India Trading Company, who then took it up with the king, who then put a bounty on kid and crew. The Cuda merchant was rumored to have carried gold, silk, spices, muslin, which is another kind of fabric, sugar, opium, iron, and saltpeter, which saltpeter is used for gunpowder. A very wealthy ship, but unbeknownst to kid and crew, they just committed grand larceny at this point. And <laughs> they are immediately deemed uh, criminals under the crown. And anyone that comes across them can take them, turn them in, get a reward, and kid and crew will be hanged, which is essentially kind of what happened. Because pirate fever took over the American colonies. Again, this is 1698. We're just shy of 100 years prior to the American Revolution. It's the American colonies, but still under British rule. But once the Crown decided to really try to stamp out piracy by saying that any act of piracy is now a criminal act punishable by death. Pirate fever, quote unquote, swept up around the colonies when people would go after pirate ships to stamp them out because you would get a reward for it. So once Kid found out that he and his crew were wanted for piracy and are going to be put to death for it, he took the Cuda merchant, which he renamed the Adventure Prize, abandoned her off the coast of Hispaniola, and then took the smaller boat, the Antonio, en route to Boston because he had planned on going to New York to meet up with Lord Bellamont to try to get a pardon or a negotiation with the English authorities in the crown because he had ties to the king. It was like, I, I, I was coerced by my crew. They, they, they talked me into it. I didn't have a choice in this. Can you not kill me? So there has always been a long lore of buried treasure, with, particularly with Captain Kidd. And part of that is true. Part of it, we don't know. So from the, uh, the Caribbean en route to Boston on the Antonio, he goes up to Gardner's Island, which is part of, it's off of Long Island. It's, I'll go into that in a later section. Gardner's Island is part of what's known as the East Hampton area of New York. He does actually leave some treasure on there. And 
was planning on coming back to recover it, but he, the gardeners tipped off Lord Bellamont in New York because they were associated with him. He said, hey, kid's on his way up to you. And that's when kid gets arrested in Boston on July 7, 1699, and sent back to England, which he arrived in February 1700, and spent over a year in Newgate prison, not the best of jails, frankly, one of the worst. Let's put it this way. His seek for a pardon did not go in his favor. Nope. Yes. On July 7, 1699, Kidd was arrested in Boston, which was, of course, instigated by Lord Richard Bellamont. And in February of the following year, he was put aboard the ship, a frigate to be specific, called the Advice, and shipped to England. Not sure why you call a ship the advice but hey and he ended up in trial course which was rigged against him and the trial literally took 24 to 48 hours it started on may 8th and was concluded on may 9th yeah (laughs) shenanigans there yeah his sentence was that he was guilty of piracy and of murdering one of his own crew. I think you said it was six counts of piracy, correct? Six counts of piracy yeah. and murder. Yep. The murdering of one of his crew, which of course was William or Robert Moore. We're not sure which dude this was. On May 23rd, 1701, he was hanged. However, the very first rope that he was hanged with, well, it broke. So he had to go through the process a second time. This guy can't catch a break. (laughs) You think? That's kind of torturous. Like, you know, I'm going to die now, hang me, and then the rope breaks, and now he's got to wait and go through the process a second time. That's just harsh. That seems even more harsh. Then, like, a simple beheading. After his death, his body was placed in a gibbet by the mouth of the Thames River. If you don't know what a gibbet is, it is hanging the body of a criminal in chains. Basically, they kind of, like, wrapped all these chains around it and just hung the body wherever they wanted to. In this case, it was at the mouth of the Thames River. As an example for other pirates... This is what's going to happen to you. And then they left William Kidd's body there to rot. So yeah, he was hanged and then he was left to rot. Oh, I was going to say, that that doesn't sound so much more different than heads on a pike in front of London Bridge. (laughs) Or outside Citadel walls, dude. You know, let's just talk about the guy named... Vlad Tepes, who Dracula is based off of, who really spiked a lot of heads. Oh, no, he did a lot more than that, but I don't know how violent we want to talk about it, because I'll get into it. Let's not go into extreme detail here. That's a whole nother episode (laughs) for an entire another day. Yes. Vlad Tepes. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to his treasure? What happened to kids' treasure? Tell us more. Are you sure there's treasure? Are we sure it's In a rumor? In this case, yes. Maybe it didn't happen. He took the Quiddo ship. 
I'm sure there's treasure hidden somewhere. <laughs> well, there was some hidden treasure. How much is possibly still remaining elsewhere? That we don't know, but we'll get into that. So, as we said, the Cuban merchant held, rumored to have been held, 70,000 pounds worth of merchandise at the time that they raided her. And at the time of Kid's death, the fortune that he had amassed and what was left on Gardner's Island, not the tent, just admit, was supposedly valued at only 6,400 pounds. So the question is, where's the rest of the money? Because all the crew got arrested. No one, I mean, you've got a ship that you scuttled off of the Caribbean and you only are when you're arrested you only have 6400 that's not a lot so as we said the uh kid had stopped at Gardner's Island Gardner's Island as a whole the history Gardner's Island is fascinating particularly for here in America it's a five square mile island off the coast of Long Island part of the town of East Hampton so it's not very big but it's named for the people that live there Hence, their last name being Gardeners. And they've lived there for the last 400 years. Yep, that's right, 400 years. And they're not known just for the visit by Captain Kidd. So the island was settled in 1639 by Lion Gardner when he retained a grant from Charles I, who gave the Gardeners, quote unquote, the right to possess the land forever. To this day, they still possess it. And in fact, Lion Gardner was able to purchase the island from the Montauket tribe after he helped them out during a tribal war with the warring tribe. In exchange for the island, he gave them dogs, wool blankets, powder, and shot. So I think he got a pretty good deal on that one. But also the fact that Gardner's Island has that grant from Charles I also makes Gardner's Island the only real estate intact in the U.S. that is still part of a royal Grant from the crown. And then in 1641, Lyon's wife gave birth to their daughter, Elizabeth, who was the first child born in New York. And if you're thinking, that doesn't sound right. Virginia Dare of the Lost Colony of Roanoke was the first English child born into the Americas. Elizabeth Gardner is the first English child to be born in the state of New York. When she was 15 years old in 1657, she lay terribly ill in her bed. I'm thinking she's probably delirious. We don't know what she actually died of, but at one point her dad was in her room and she began screaming, a witch, a witch, now you are come to torture me because I spoke two or three words against you. And, and then suddenly her, her, her dad is rushing over to her going, what did you see? What did you see? And she replies, a black thing at the bed's feet. And then just moments later, it's reported that she, she died from whatever she was sick of. We don't know what she saw, if she saw it. Again, she could have been hallucinating from some sort of uh, fever that she may have had. But this actually started in a witch hunt in East Hampton in 1657. And unfortunately, it led to the arrest of a 50-year-old woman named Goody Garlic, which sounds like a made-up name. But outside of the last name Garlic, if you think back to the Salem Witch Trials, Goody isn't exactly a first name. It's just a common use name for women and Puritan uh, lifestyle. But Goody's husband also worked as a farmer on Gardner's Island, so that's how they had the connection with it. And so we got a witch hunt 
We have Royal Grant. We have Captain Kidd arriving on the island in 1699. When he arrived, uh, Lyon's grandson, Jonathan, allowed him to bury his treasure on their island, which they buried a few miles away from the house in a ravine. And as a thank you, Kidd gave Mrs. Gardner a piece of cloth, which is very pretty. It's actually on display at the East Hampton Library. If you're ever in, in the library, you can go take a look. We also have pictures of the source notes. And it's also supposed that Kid gave them a bag of sugar. Now, I know that also sounds really weird, but at this time, sugar was an incredibly rare commodity and incredibly expensive. Unless you probably lived in the Caribbean, then you can probably get yourself on some sugar cane, you're fine. But those are also sort of a security deposit because Kid said, okay, thank you for letting me bury my treasure here. But when I come back, if they're not here, you guys are all dead. And true pirate fashion. But unfortunately, he would never make it back because he was arrested in Boston. But when Lord Belmont found out that he had buried treasure on Gardner's Island, he actually ordered the gardeners to deliver it to court. The chest was said to have had silver bars, gold dust, rubies, diamonds, pieces of eight, which is silver Spanish coins, silver bowls, silks, and silver candlesticks. So incredibly expensive, a lot of booty there. In addition, the gardeners also fought during the Revolutionary War. And last bit of note for them, in May of 1820, Julia Gardner was born. And then when she was 22, she was introduced to a man named John Tyler. And if that starts to sound a little familiar, that would be President John Tyler. And they started courting each other after John Tyler's first wife died. And then they got married. And she actually served as first lady for eight months until the end of Tyler's term. A lot of history in this one family. And in my source notes, there'll also be a picture of a historical marker that is found on Gardner's Island that states that this is the more or less location of where Kid had buried his treasure before they had to dig it up and present it to court. And we do also know that it is a true fact because there are two different reports that list as an inventory of the information from Gardner's Island. On the 25th of July, 1699, Lord Belmont drew up an inventory list of the treasure that had been presented at court. And the contents on the list, which uh, there is a picture in the source notes that said over 200 bars of silver, an enameled jewelry box inlaid with diamonds, and, and one other chest, it, they just found nothing but rubies. At least 67 rubies in this one chest. That's a lot. And then when he was in... Nougat Prison, uh, Lord Belmont also requested a proposition for Kid um, and sent a letter to the Board of Trade dated January 5th, 1700, because he wanted to know where the rest of the, the bounty from the Kingdom Merchant was. And so he tried to talk to Kid, and Kid said, Okay, well, if you take me, I'll go as a prisoner because I know you're not going to let me go. But if I go as a prisoner, I will take you down to his gondola. I will show you where we scuttled the Cuban merchant, also known as the Adventure Prize, and you're able to bring back the treasure, which was valued at possibly 50 to 60,000 pounds left on the ship. I'm not really sure if that's true, because that's a lot of money. But Kid said, otherwise, if you don't take me, you're not going to find it. It's all going to be lost. And as much as Belmont wanted to take Kid, he also wanted to distance himself from Kid because Keep in mind, this was a very scandalous trial. 
you had, it's not necessarily scandalous just because Peter was a pirate or a privateer turned pirate. It was scandalous because he was a privateer who fought against pirates, who became a pirate, who was not only known to a lord, but also had relations with the king because he received a royal commission. So anyone associated with Captain Kidd on the higher rankings wanted to distance himself from, as we said, Kidd offered to be taken down as a prisoner, but Lord Valamont said, no, I'm not going to do that. But what he did try to do was to gain Kidd's confidence by having the jailer befriend Kidd and see if the jailer could get any information from William Kidd on where the whereabouts of the Kidd merchant were. But unfortunately, Kidd said, I won't give anything to anyone except for Lord Valamont. And he wanted nothing else to do with Kidd. And so Kidd had no information to give to anybody else and took all of his secrets with him to the gallows. But that's not the end of Captain Kidd. The story became so sensationalized afterwards, partly because of its notoriety, partly because of buried treasure, which I'm going to say it's highly uncommon and highly unlikely that pirates actually buried treasure. In fact, as far as I know, and I wrote a paper on this, and I've been to uh, that pirate museum in, which it was in Key West, I think it's now in Miami. Really great museum to go to if you ever get the chance. But I believe Captain Kidd is one of, he's the only one off the top of my head that I can think of that actually buried treasure. Because you don't want to bury treasure. You want to use the treasure. You want to use it to buy things. You want, especially when you're buying rum and drinks and food and women, as people did. But even in like Black Bart's pirate ship. You didn't bury treasure. Also, you're on the sea a lot. Where are you really going to bury it? If you bury it on a deserted island, you run the chance of somebody else possibly coming across it and taking it. So it's not really common that people bury their treasure. This is one of the very few rare instances that something like this happened. And we know it officially happened because there's records of it. But it's not something that people typically did. However, it did inspire several writers for various books. And the most notable one is, of course, Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island. Great book. Although I don't think you like Treasure Island all that much, did you? Treasure Island is not my favorite book at all. <laughs> well, I didn't say it was my favorite book either, but I enjoyed reading it. Bored! <laughs> if I'm going to go classic, I'm going to go Mary Shelley, Oscar Wilde, Poe, others that don't include Jane Austen. <laughs> but I try I did read Treasure Island I did not enjoy it in full capacity like it was okay just not the greatest I think we've had this discussion because at one point I believe I brought up Muppet Treasure Island to you and you didn't like that movie either it's got Tim Curry in it yeah really and I love the Muppets and I love Tim Curry too but well anyway (laughs) Well, if Treasure Island's not your your cup of tea, if Edgar Allan Poe happens to be, which worth it, we love some Edgar Allan Poe. The story give me, of give me, give me, give me, give me. <laughs> the story of the gold bug is actually inspired by the tale of Captain Kidd as well. And in fact, Washington Irving, if that name sounds familiar, that's because of the legend of Sleepy Hollow. And he wrote a work that's called Tales of a Traveler that came out in 1824 and has a song which some of the lyrics, I don't know the 
song specifically has a title. I call it Captain Kid. But part of the lyrics go, my name is Captain Kid. As I sailed, as I sailed, my name is Captain Kid. As I sailed. And uh, we're going to have it in our source notes. There's a link to a YouTube video by a band called Great Big Sea. I've been a fan of them for years. So when we started doing Captain Kid, I've had this song in my head now for days. And it's called Captain Kid. And it takes part of those lyrics to it and makes it into a song. It's a great song, especially if you like sort of Irish folk men. They're an Irish folk style band out of Newfoundland. They're really fun. Definitely recommend that. So you. So you. <laughs> yeah. There is a book called Captain Kid and the War Against Pirates written by Robert C. Ritchie. And there's also a book that came out in 1938 by Richard Morris called The Ghost of Captain Kid. Because you can't have pirates and treasure without a good ghost story. That's how you get the Flying Dutchman, which apparently some people do confuse Davy Jones and the Flying Dutchman for William Kidd and the Cuban Merchant. But there has been possible ghost sightings of Captain Kidd in various areas since his death. They're rumored, of course. I don't know that they can be definitively backed up. It's pretty much said that anyone who goes searching for Kidd's treasure is likely to come across his ghost at one point or another. The more famous places that he's rumored to have been seen is Trandy Church in New York, Broad and Wall Street, because he lived near there when he lived in New York, Battery Park, and the Thames River, right around the place where he was hanged. Trandy Church is kind of an interesting one, though, because he didn't bury anything at Trandy Church, but when he was living in New York prior to sailing out on the Adventure Galley, he, because of the fortune of his wife and being her husband at that time, then he had full control of the fortune so he could do with it as he wished. He actually helped build Trinity Church. He was able to hire equipment that would help move the blocks and build the steeple of the church itself. So some people say that you'll actually see William Kidd walking the grounds of Trinity Church. And then another one comes from 1825. Two U.S. Army soldiers stationed at Fort Wood, which is now on what is known as Liberty Island, I believe. And that would be Sergeant Gibbs and Private Woods, who had been told that this was possibly a place where Kid buried his treasure. And so on their off time, they would go searching around the island, digging it up, looking for Kid's treasure. And the story goes that one night they came across a large, heavy metal box. They opened it up. And there were treasures abound inside. But also, at the same time they opened it up, kids' ghostly appearance appeared before them and caused them into fate and fright. When they awoke, the contents of the box were completely gone, never to be seen again. And, oh, I didn't cover this real quick. As in terms of finding kids' treasure, in 1999, Barry Clifford, who was sort of a treasure hunter, he began searching for the Adventure Galley, which was scuttled after Madagascar. So we know that it was probably in the area of Ile Saint Marie, which he did actually find it in 1999. And he was able to find what at first looked just like a pile of stone, metal, and porcelain. The porcelain itself turned out to be Ming vases that had been built or, or created between 1666 and 1722, would have been the time frame of Kid. And it actually showed that Kid likely would have carried this type of cargo 
when he boarded other ships and took their loot. And then on June 22nd, 1999, one of the crew members actually found two gold coins off the shipwreck. And normally that wouldn't be quite a big deal, but one of them was Islamic, the other one was Ottoman. Keep in mind, the Kuta merchant was Armenian. And in transferring treasure from one ship to the other, these coins may have gotten dropped by accident and ended up in the scuttle of the Adventure Galley. Unfortunately, we don't know if this is definitively the Adventure Galley because the government of Madagascar, once they found out that, once the expedition found out that this shipwreck was probably Captain Kidd's shipwreck, they obviously reported to the government so the government knew what was going on. But then the government said, no more searching around here. You're going home. That's it. Nothing else. You leave. And no one's been back since. So we don't know if this was officially Captain Kidd's lost ship, but it may have been. And then in addition to that, in the 1800s, because treasure, pirate treasure had become so romanticized at this point, especially because of Captain Kidd, in the 1800s, several different companies at one point or another were formed in New York's lower Hudson River Valley to expressly locate and find the buried treasure of Captain Kidd, which according to other rumors, says that it can, he could have buried treasure on Ile Sainte Marie, could have buried it on Hispaniola, could have buried them anywhere between Key West, which is in Florida Keys, all the way up to Nova Scotia. So we don't know if or where any of this rest of the treasure is, but there's certainly guaranteed people out looking for it. That's it for today. <laughs> Nothing nope. else on your end? Nope. That'll do for this episode of the History Explains It All podcast. We hope to see you next week as we trek through history to explain it all. Bye.